Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. SB Nation and Underdog Dynasty present the Underdog Podcast. Welcome everybody into another edition of the Underdog Dynasty Sunbelt Podcast. I am your host, Brian Stone, Georgia Southern writer for Underdog Dynasty. Joining me this week, Georgia State writer, my co-host, Zeke Palermo. Uh, Zeke, say hey to everybody at home. What's going on, folks? We're getting into a great part of the year. Football is right around the corner. Excited to talk some Sunbelt with y'all. For sure. Um, so as I said, kind of at the end of the episode last week, we were going to take these next two weeks, dive into the East side of the conference and run down the teams and the West respectively. And then kind of the way that we want to structure this is I have created a a standing, uh, for the East and I'm going to start from the bottom and work my way to the top. And once I kind of give my team, I'm going to let Zeke kind of chime in with, whether he agrees or disagrees, and then I'll sort of give my reasoning behind doing so. Um, so I just want to go ahead and jump right into it. Uh, last place in the East, seventh, I have Old Dominion. Um, Zeke, I, before we started recording, you said that you pretty strongly disagreed with that ranking. Do you want to? Do you want to kind of go into detail as to why? Yeah. Um, obviously. Um... Sunbelt is getting a ton of new teams this year, so we have got a lot of wild cards, right, between Old Dominion, Marshall, James Madison, and just the East. Um, so I think ranking those teams that are moving over from Conference USA or from the uh, FCS into the Sunbelt is kind of a tricky thing to do. But uh, to put Old Dominion last um, is really difficult for me because looking at that team, there isn't a ton that I don't like. You know, they've got a very strong quarterback, Hayden Wolf. Uh, the offensive line was at times a little weak last year. If you look at their stats, I believe uh, he uh, Wolf was sacked, I believe, 13, 14 times, um, which, you know, you don't love. But sure. um, th- looking at Old Dominion, at no point – Looking at the roster, um, as I mentioned, you know they've got some really good players. There's nothing about that team that I don't like. So to put them so far down would just uh, feel like overkill to me. Okay, um, so I'll kind of go, go ahead and get into my reason for doing so. Um, before I start, I just want to make a correction. Uh, last week, I said Old Dominion was coming over from being an independent. They actually had spent the previous couple years in the Conference USA East. Shows you how much I keep up with Conference USA football. Um, but okay. So here's my reason for doing so. Um, I think the Sunbelt is a better conference top to bottom than conference USA. So I think they're going to have a harder time grinding out wins, uh, out, outside of the bottoms of the East and the West, you know, if they are, and you said that you have old dominion significantly higher than I do. If they are as good as you think they're going to be, um, they shouldn't have any problem beating the bottom of the Sun Belt. 
However, when you sort of start working your way up the standings, I think there's some teams that they may struggle with, and I think it's going to be top to bottom a, a tougher challenge than they faced last year. Um, so another reason why I gave I gave them the bottom ranking, they have a really tough out of conference schedule. Um, I could see them finishing one and four uh, in out of conference games, or one and three rather. Uh, mm-hmm. They play Virginia Tech, they play East Carolina, they play Virginia, and they play Liberty. Um, East Carolina is the only. I don't know what Liberty is going to look like going into this year. If they still had Malik Willis, I'd pretty much put an L on the schedule for Old Dominion. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think East Carolina, from my viewpoint as we stand today, looks like the only winnable out-of-conference game they have on their schedule. I think they're going to lose to Virginia Tech and Virginia, and I think Liberty top to bottom has been a better team the last couple years than Old Dominion. I don't think that's a a hot take. and then my other reason for doing for putting them at the bottom, um, you know, like you said, they were pretty good offensively. I, I do agree with that. However, you know, their defense gave up twenty seven point three points per game last year. They finished eighth in Conference USA in pass efficiency defense. That's going to kill you if you come in the Sun Belt and can't defend the pass. Believe me, as a Georgia Southern mm-hmm. fan, I've seen it firsthand. Right. I, that's that's my reason for doing so. They're going to have to score a ton of points if that pass defense doesn't get significantly better. I think those numbers are a bit conflated, uh, especially when we look at the out-of-conference schedule that Old Dominion played last year. Um, They played uh, Wake Forest, Liberty, and Buffalo, three very difficult games for them. Mm -hmm. Uh, In all three games, they allowed at least 35 points, right? Uh, I believe their other out-of-conference game was Hampton. Um, which they won handedly, but those three out of conference FCS school, FCS, um, they those numbers are a bit conflated when you get into the actual schedule play, especially the final five games of Old Dominion's schedule. They were winning games by a considerable margin, um, as you mentioned. CUSA, um, especially now that they've lost Old Dominion, Marshall, um, and other schools, um, it's a significantly weaker conference than the Sun Belt. So it's not a like-for-like like comparison, but uh, I think last year it was more so of a like-to-like, like, and we can take their um, their finish last year, which was 5-3 uh, and three in conference, as a relatively okay litmus test. See, I, I just looked at their schedule again. I, I honestly don't agree that it is a one-for-one one comparison. Mm-hmm. Um you know, you did mention those out of conference games. I don't really count those. I mean, I'm counting those when I'm looking at this year. But last year, I mean, sure, they lost. It, it's it is what it is. I'm not I'm not holding that against them. But the the one thing is, okay, Marshall comes in with them. They lost mm-hmm. to Marshall in overtime. Western Kentucky, in my eyes, I mean, outside of what was it, UTSA, was the best team, second best team in Conference USA because I think they played in the championship game they lost by 23 to western kentucky at home um and then i'm just not i'm not impressed by the rest of what their schedule looked like last year Mm -hmm. like when you go down they'll get the games they won i'm like okay but then you're banking on the bottom 
of their schedule being easier or just as easy as playing in the Sun Belt every week. And I just I don't know about that. That's that's the thing that gives me the most pause. Um, and and like I said, teams with bad pass defenses they don't they don't do well in this conference. Mm-hmm. This conference is not one where we're lining up in the I formation and running for 250 yards a game. It's every down, you know, even Georgia Southern was the one holdout previously that ran the ball a ton. Um, Outside of app and sometimes coastal, depending on what they do that week, we don't have a lot of run heavy teams. Um, So if they can't defend the pass, that's going to be an issue. Um, And I, I think their first real test, honestly, is going to be the Sun Belt opener. They play Arkansas State, and if if it's two teams that can throw the ball but can't play any pass defense, like Arkansas State was last year, like yeah. Old Dominion was early last year, that that game might they might have a hundred combined points in in week three. So that's my reason for doing so. I could be wrong. I, mm-hmm. I, I just I think it's a it's a combination of a number of things. And like I said, I, I just think that there's too many aspects playing against them all at the same time so like i said i could be totally wrong but that's just kind of how i slated it out just because i looked i took a look at each of these teams and that's kind of where just where it fell um let's transition into the second worst team in the conference uh i have georgia southern um do you agree that they're the second worst team in the conference i have them as my bottom Georgia Southern for me is uh, the very bottom. Uh, It scares me that they are, as I'm uh, sure you can get into in a bit more detail, you're a Georgia Southern guy. Um, Mm -hmm. The idea of retooling, especially within the offense, uh, scares me. You know, Georgia Southern is going to be moving from this ground and pound. I I don't want to call it a triple option offense, but it was very much a run. It was a a spread option. Sure. It was probably closer to what you would have seen like Chip Kelly run at Oregon. Mm-hmm. Transitioning. Where they, yeah, where they just didn't throw the ball quite as much as like a normal team. And moving away from that, I feel um, obviously they've had all of, you know, a good part of last season to move away from that. They had spring camp and now fall camp. You've had time to work on that. But um, making that transition scares me. New head coach, new offensive coordinator. Uh, new Kyle, uh, quarterback Kyle Ventrese from Buffalo. Um, mm-hmm. He he did real well. Buffalo, I'm a fan of his, but um, Southern is my bottom of the conference just because it worries me what they have um, in terms of this is the closest you get to a rebuild in college football. Sure. Um, okay. So, I mean, we relatively agree. There's just a, a little bit of difference there. Yeah. Um, so I just wanted to give my reasons for, for doing so. But first, I'm going to give the reason why I think they finished second to last and not last. Sure. There are a lot of things with Georgia Southern that were – how can I put this? Anything would be better than 2021 mm-hmm. and, uh, from a number of aspects. Number one being the quarterback play and the decision-making from quarterback. the quarterback position last year was absolutely terrible. Um, it was, there were a number of times, if you go back and listen to any of those Sunbelt pods that me and Matt did last year, there were a number of times that I was, I was recapping games and I was almost coming close to pulling my hair out 
uh, with some of the decisions that got made. There, there were times where they played this two quarterback system with Cam Ransom and Justin Tomlin and, and Ransom was the better passer, but they wanted to run the ball. So they put Tomlin in, but Tomlin on the times they wanted to throw the ball would immediately target a member of the opposing team. Um, Mm -hmm. He turned the ball over a ton. So my thing is if they can run the ball and they clean up the turnovers, I mean, the, the base for the running game is there. They have running backs, obviously. Um, and if Van Trees can just hold on to the football and kind of make some of the easy throws that Tomlin, frankly, I don't know if he couldn't or just wouldn't make them. I don't really know what his deal was. Uh, we didn't really get any insight. But um, I, I think there's a lot of things that could be very easily cleaned up. And like I said, I still think they finished second to last. But I think there's a lot of things that could be better very quickly than they were last year. Um but I wanted to get into some of the other reasons. Uh, you know, you talked about the rebuild. I agree with that. Uh, moving on to a new coach scheme, things like that, with Clay Helton coming in, I agree. It's going to be. It's going to take some time, which is again why I have them second to last. Uh, running back JD King medically retired uh, after his ACL tear. Uh, Cam Ransom, who I previously mentioned, transferred to McNeese State after losing kind of a quarterback battle to Van Treese. Um, and this is the main reason why I have them finish second to last. Their pass defense was absolutely terrible last year. Um, yeah. I think they were one of the worst in college football. They they allowed on defense 31.4 points per game. Um, if they could just keep receivers generally in front of them, they would be worlds better than they were last year. Um, but I, I do I agree with the transition thing. I agree with the personnel issues. I just think that there's so many thing, little things and big things that could be cleaned up fairly easily that I have them second to last and not dead last. But we'll see. I mean, we'll yeah, see how it goes. To your point about um, uh, the defensive, you know, pass defense, one name that really stood out to me when uh, looking at Southern this offseason is uh, Derek Canteen. Um, last season he tore his pec or had – surgery on his pec muscle and uh, missed all of last or all but two games of last season. Um, but as a freshman, he was an all Sunbelt player. Um, yeah. Cornback Derek Canteen from, uh, I believe it's Evans, Georgia. He, I'm curious um, as someone who obviously cl- more closely watches Georgia Southern, is his return going to help that at times woeful secondary Yes, just by just by his addition there. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thinness at the quarter at the cornerback position was an issue, especially him getting injured. But just there were so many times our safeties were just way out of position and like had no idea where they were supposed to be. Um, if anybody wants a good laugh, Go back to my recap. I think it was the Troy game that we had last year. There is a screen cap I took of the game where there is two safeties within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage, and there's a receiver behind them wide open just standing there waiting to receive the ball behind them. Like, no one even looked at him. Like, that was a microcosm of what last season was. Yes, his addition is going to help, but... If they just had acceptable level coaching in the secondary, they would be so much better. But again, I can't bank on that. 
So that's that's another reason why I had them this low. Um, they've had issues defending the pass coaches ago, head coaches mm-hmm. ago, entire coaching staffs ago. I don't know what it is, but I mean, I think I think his name is Will Harris is the new uh, DC at Georgia Southern came over from um, Washington. Um, they want to run this four two five scheme in the defense. Best of luck. Um, we'll see how it goes. They they need they desperately need the secondary to get better and in a hurry. So I have them second to last. Do you, yep. do you have anything else before we should kind of move on? No, I mean that covers it. They're they're kind of building from ground up. That defense was at times shaky. Uh, there's just no real uh, discernible identity to that team right now that we can say this is this identity is going to get them X amount of wins. Sure, sure. Um, so fifth. Uh, finishing fifth in the East, I have James Madison. What do you think about that? Uh, James Madison, I personally have bought a, uh, at my second to last. I think okay. the jump from FCS to FBS is, I don't think I, you know, we all know that's a very difficult jump. Um, and despite how dominant James Madison was or has been over the past however many years, uh, last season they went 12 and 2, 7 and 1 in their conference. Um, they haven't played an FBS team since 2019. They lost to West Virginia in 20 uh, in 2019. They lost that 20 to 13, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. I just think that jump is going to be um, really difficult. Last week we talked about Southern and App State being two examples of teams that made that jump successfully. You know, going on to have a um, winning season or 500 season. Mm-hmm. Southern and App are two of only three teams since 2008 to move from SCS to FBS and immediately go 500 or above. Um, okay. and I just looking at James Madison, I don't believe they're the exception to that. Okay, that's that that makes sense. Um, here here's the thing: since they're the only team jumping up a division, I didn't really want to cite any stats from last year because. Yeah the level of competition is just going to be so much different. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. give you an example, their Sunbelt opener, their first ever Sunbelt game is at app state. Like that's going to be luck. tough. <laughs> like good luck. Um, yeah. I think that's going to be a real, I don't want to say wake up call, but I think it's going to be a tough. Uh, this is what the top of the Sunbelt looks like, you know, in, in game three, uh, because their first two games, they play Middle Tennessee State and Norfolk State. Okay, let's. I don't know what two Middle Tennessee right is going to look let's like. Let's say, right let's say you're two and zero, and then you roll into week, I guess four of the season, September twenty fourth. They play at App. They have two weeks to prepare, but it's at App. Mm-hmm. If that's a night game too, that's just going to be a crazy environment for their first ever Sun Belt game, and I get that they've been the class of FCS along with North Dakota state for a while now. I like you, that stat that you cited is crazy to me about the two, you know, app and Georgia Southern being two of the three teams that since 2008 with 500 or above records. Um, that third team, by the way, being UTSA. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, I think, I think they have a lot that is going in the right direction for them. Um, Signetti's been around a couple years now. Uh, they were thirty-three and five the last three years. Uh, they went to the night uh, two thousand nineteen FCS championship. 
the the one issue that I see standing out is they have to replace the quarterback from last year, Cole Johnson. Yes. Now they averaged they were stupid good on offense. I mean, thirty eight point three points per game. But again, that this is a different level of play. And like you said, they haven't played an FBS team in a while, correct? Uh, no, 2019, uh, as far as I could tell, was their last FBS game. Okay. Um, and and they're, you know, they, they returned five starters on defense. Uh, they Again, these numbers are crazy because you're like, oh, it's FCS ball. But 15 points a game they allowed last mm-hmm. year. Um, I just think, like I said, I just think week four – Game number three for them is going to be a real wake-up call when they have to go play at app. Yeah. Um, out of conference-wise, they play Louisville, Norfolk State, Middle Tennessee. Okay, you're probably not going to beat Louisville, but the other two games are winnable. Yeah. Um, I just, like I said, I don't know. I, 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 this is kind of a they could be they could finish anywhere between six and three. As far as the rankings go, they could be sixth or they could be third, and I wouldn't be shocked either way. I just don't, I don't know how they're going to translate. And that's kind of why I put them there. That's a, that's a really good take, especially considering their interdivisional games. Uh, They've got uh, Texas State and Arkansas State are the two um, West teams, Sunbelt West teams that they're playing. Um, We'll talk more about those teams individually next week, but those are two very winnable games. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a I like this idea of volatility for James Madison yeah and and like I said I just need to see it um, mm-hmm. I'm just kind of projecting from what little I know and how much I think is going to actually translate from having a an offense almost score 40 points a game and a defense score le- uh, allow less than 17 um, but I just need to see it I, I would like I said I wouldn't be shocked um, so fourth this might surprise you I have Georgia State. What do you think about that? I've got them at three. That that's not a terrible take. I think um, the difference between th- so that tells me obviously you're putting Marshall at three, um, and we'll yeah. talk about Marshall individually. I've got Georgia State at three. Um, I think last year, I mean that just kind of I wouldn't say it was a you know out of left field performance by them going eight and five, six and two, winning a bowl game, but. Mm-hmm. Nobody thought Georgia State was going to be the third, fourth best team in all of the Sun Belt last year. No, um, and so it's just going to be a matter of was that a fluke or can they keep that going? I, I think bringing back Tucker Gregg and Jamias Williams is huge. Um, you mentioned teams love to pass the ball in the Sun Belt. Georgia State head coach Sean Elliott he loves to run that football. He, yeah, you know he gets giddy like a little girl talking about the trenches. He really does. Um, they've got an incredible running back room, um, quarterback, Darren Granger, uh, it took him a couple weeks to really earn that job last season. Um, and then they're bringing back a lot of power on the, uh, defensive side, Blake Carroll, Jordan, uh, Venzial, Dante Wilson, or I'm sorry, Dante Wilson's not coming back, but rather Dante Wilson is the only, um, defensive lineman not coming back. Yeah there's just like looking up and down that team. And if you take last season's performance, especially the bowl game win over ball state, if they can keep that going, you know, keep that continuity, Georgia state's going to be really, really good within the sphere of group of five. Okay. Um, so my issue with Georgia state 
is kind of the same problem I had with them last year. And I guess it's not even really a problem. It's just more of like a predicament. Their start to the season's very hard. Yes. Um, they, you know, last year they started the season, what was it, one and four, and then kind of just had to claw back from there. Um, mm-hmm. They front load all of their out of conference games. So let me read the first five games of their uh, schedule off. Um, they open at South Carolina week one. Uh, then they play North Carolina somehow at home. Somehow they got North Carolina to get a home and home. Um, week two, they play at home against North Carolina. Week three at home against Charlotte. That game's probably the most winnable out of the five that I'm about to read off to me. Um, uh, Week four, they play at home on a Thursday night against Coastal. I think Coastal's a better team than them. Uh, And then week five, they go at West Point and play Army. My problem with them is I could see them starting one and four again. You know? And then everything is just an uphill climb from there. You know? And... You got to play Marshall. You got to play App. App. Um, you know, you think Old Dominion's going to be good? If that's true, they have to play them. Um, yeah. I, they have to play James Madison again. We we said this before. We don't know what to expect out of James Madison in their transition. They could be really good. I just don't know. Um, and the the inconsistency kills me. They've they've been inconsistent like every, the last couple years since Elliot took over. That Mm -hmm. always kind of makes me shy away because, okay, they started last year one and four. They won seven of their last eight. Are you penciling them in to just do that again? You know what I mean? Yeah. No, that's a good point. Um, However, to that, um, while inconsistent or appearing inconsistent, if you sit down and look at, and this is uh, more specifically last season, I I can't say – uh, speak with confidence about the years prior. If you sit down and look at Georgia State's schedule last year, with the exception of Army, they did not lose a game that they should have won. And you could but that, that's argument. sort of my issue is like when we get past this opening slate, right? Mm-hmm. And and let's say they're one and four again. Let's just yeah. throw that out there. I, I don't know. They could upset Army or Coastal or whatever. Let's say they're one and four. Mm-hmm. What if the teams down the rest of their schedule? I mean, again, they play at app. Like, what if the teams down the rest of their schedule are better than them? You know, mind you, they beat Coastal last season, right? So this team is capable. They nearly beat Auburn as well. This team's capable of pulling off an upset. I understand the uh, concerns about uh, inconsistency, um, and honestly, nothing illustrates that idea of inconsistency more than the offensive coordinator um, for Georgia State. Um, between December and March, they had three different offensive coordinators. I don't know if you knew that. Um, <laughs> no, I didn't know that. No, so they're going into the bowl game. They knew the offensive coordinator was going to leave. Um, so then they promoted uh, – they had one offensive coordinator for the bowl game, promoted a guy, but then within a couple months he left for Louisville to be the tight ends coach. Um, <laughs> and I, I think that illustrates that idea of inconsistency. Um, sure. that you're talking about. I, that's just a really fun anecdote that I love about this team right now. But I, I'm not that worried. Maybe I should be. Uh, as someone that covers Georgia State, maybe I should be worried. But I, I feel confident that this team is going to be able to win the games that they're favored in. And, I mean, 
Yeah, I think you. I, I think if if you are uh, uh, someone who roots for Georgia State, I think it's got to be a little concerning. And to, if you want, I say that saying, if you think that they should compete in the East and be right there at the end of the year, I think the inconsistency should be a little scary. Mm-hmm. Um, and you you said they upset Coastal last year. However, Grayson McCall didn't play in that game, so yeah. with, we'll talk about that. Gray- yeah, with Grayson McCall coming back, they might if he's not injured in week four or whatever, week five, week four, that that's not a lock again to happen. You know, he yeah, can come back and lot. drop three touchdowns on them. Like I don't know. So I, I don't use that game as an example of saying, oh, they beat Coastal last year, they can beat Coastal again. Uh, it's just more used as well as in conjunction with the. Uh, game that they should have won against Auburn that was blown by SEC referees. I, um, I, I, yeah, I agree. But I watched the I just use that as an example of being able to beat teams that they are on paper worse than. Right. Okay. But I, I guess my issue boils down to they have a they could go winless out of conference and then they play coastal and app. Well that's six losses. Yep. So at the most you can only have six wins if that happens. So that's that's where I am um, a little more hesitant to to kind of push them up in the rankings. So, um, number three, you mentioned it just because process of elimination. I have Marshall. Do you do you disagree with having them that high? So I've got Marshall at five, as we mentioned. Old Dominion's my four, but that may be a hot take. Um, mm-hmm. But I've got Marshall kind of battling for that middle of the pack three four five six area yeah um uh like old dominion we talked about moving from cusa to uh the sunbelt is very ambiguous um we don't know what that'll look like i'm really uh curious about the offensive line uh at least two new starters um, will they be able to protect their new quarterback uh mm-hmm. i believe it's henry columby right from uh, texas tech yeah. Um, and then Rasheen Ali, the running back, who uh, I'm not going to say he's one of the best, but he was, had a very prolific year. Um, no, for sure. 100 yards, 23 touchdowns. I, um, it's that offensive line that's replacing at least two guys really scares me. Um, and without a solid offensive line, not to be an offensive-oriented mind here, but without an, a solid offensive line, I don't know how well you can perform. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that. Um, so I hate to say this, but I kind of picked them. I, I kind of made a list of grievances that I had with the teams below them mm-hmm. and then sort of just kept going, well, I could see Marshall being better than them. I could see Marshall being better than Georgia State. And, th- and yeah. then it just ended up third. So that's kind of – it was more like process of elimination than anything else. Sure. Um, so, uh, again, what you said is true. Uh, Rasheen Ali was a monster last year on the ground. He had over 1,400 yards and scored 23 touchdowns. He's on the preseason Maxwell and Walter Camp watch lists. Um, okay, we talked about this a little bit with Old Dominion. You, you said it too. We don't really know how they're going to translate from Conference USA to Sunbelt. However, the, the last two years they've played at – and split those two games. So they're not, they're not clearly outclassed, I guess is what I'm saying. 
Um, now, who knows what that's going to look like when they're playing in the Sun Belt week in and week out. But from what I've seen of them, they're not so far behind at and, and teams like that that I just don't think they're going to be able to compete. You know what I mean? So, yeah, they're not going to be out of their out of their. Uh, you know, they're not going to be blown out by any means. But I, I just I I view them as the best of the rest within this division. Sure, and and that's kind of how I see it too. Um, the one game I see on their schedule that's probably not going to happen is at Notre Dame Week Two. Yep. Um, other than that, I think there's a chance uh, that they are very solid. Um, like I said, I think. They have a new offensive coordinator, Clint Trickett. They have a new quarterback, like you mentioned. I just think if they can run the ball with Ali, I just think that if they run the ball with Ali and they play as good of defense as they did last year, and, and they had a bunch of transfers come in, but mm-hmm. if they can do all that, I I, I like them to finish third. Um, so that's that's kind of where I placed them. Um, we'll we'll see what Columby and Trickett end up doing but you know if worse comes to worse just turn around and hand the ball to ali yeah (laughs) um to get a little football theory though you know um last year marshall uh had a very poor rushing defense third worst in conference usa right yep and so if your default offensive scheme is hand the ball off Mm -hmm. you're predicating your offense on not necessarily being the highest scoring and taking a lot of time off the clock. But if your rush defense is equally not as good, you lose that sense of clock management because you're allowing the opposing team offense to stay on the field for as long as they want. Um, yeah. This, yeah. this may feel like a, um, a reach, you know, into the football X's and O's that may be a little baseless, but I, I just – Worry if that's a sustainable um, type of football play is to rely on the ground game on one side of the field, but not on the other. Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It, yeah. it'll depend. They, like I said, they got they got four prominent transfers in um, mm-hmm. from schools like Kentucky, Miami, Purdue. Um, or sorry, three transfers uh, and. They another thing that I wanted to mention. I'm not penciling them in ahead of time to win any of these games because I have to see all these teams play before I kind of can make any future predictions as far mm-hmm. as game to game. But they play at Coastal and Georgia State all at home, which I think helps. Yeah. So uh, keep I, in mind I, though, those app and uh, I'm sorry, I misspoke. Keep going. I, I had my information wrong there. Um, but they play all three of those teams at home. I just like the idea of getting those three teams to come to Huntington, and you never mm-hmm. know what's going to happen. They, they set some couches on fire; anything can happen. Um, <laughs> what I was alluding so, to, what I was going to allude to, and I had my I confused Louisiana for App. The Louisiana they play Louisiana as an interdivisional um, conference game, and then Coastal. Those games happen within three weeks of each other. Two games uh, against. You know, best yep. uh, two of the best in the conference. That, uh, is, especially as a team that's kind of in this new environment, um, worries me as an opportunity to really lose momentum, or mm-hmm. you know, send you into a downward spiral. You know, you lose those two games by a considerable margin, and the remaining however many games, five, four or five games left in the season, um, 
you're you're kind of left at a you're starting from not ground zero but ground negative one and that really worries me about um just Marshall's schedule and how sure. again being a bit more abstract how that will impact the team um you mentioned Louisiana they actually get Louisiana at home too which I which I like for them it's a that Wednesday night yeah it's a Wednesday night 7:30 game and from what I see on their website it is the blackout game for Marshall. So they're going to, they're going to at least be excited. You know, that's four of probably the four, if not four of the best five teams in the conference you're playing all at, at home. home. <laughs> which is ridiculous. A, a great hand for Marshall. You know, maybe they, this could be, that could lead to a, a, a nice foray into this division. Yeah. So that's why I have them third. Um, there's a lot of things in their favor like you said if they don't shore up the rush defense that could be bad but we've seen there are teams in this conference that like for example arkansas state i don't even know i I, i've clicked away from their schedule i don't even know if they play arkansas state but like arkansas state won't run the ball if you dared them to you know so it's like you're not taking advantage like a lot of these teams that sling the ball over the field like troy has, has been known to do that. I don't know what they're going to look like on offense this year, but the, some of these teams will not run the ball. Um, if you if you took, if you put three guys on the line of scrimmage and dropped eight into coverage every play, they would just still try to throw it. So no, I, yeah. I just, yeah. This, I mean, I mean I this just, is the division you can get away with that. Sure. And, so but the reason I have App at two, nice transition, um, is because <laughs> you're not going to get away with, you're not going to get away with that against that if you can't stop the run. yep okay i've got app at two um i actually have one big reason for having app at two mm-hmm. and his name is chase bryce um i think he is one of the better quarterbacks in the division in the conference i do not trust him in big games Okay. Um, and when I say that, I mean he was good against Coastal. I'm going to go ahead and throw that out there. Last mm-hmm. year, he was good against Coastal. However, the two games he played against Louisiana were absolutely abysmal. And you can give all the credit to Louisiana if you want and kind of write those off. But, I mean, the Sunbelt Championship game, you ready for this? Completed yeah. 40% of his passes for one touchdown, zero picks, 119 yards. Uh, they lost by eight. Then they played Louisiana again earlier in the year. Completed less than 60% of his passes, two picks, 133 yards. I'm fairly sure he also had a fumble. So I just, I don't know. I I, I don't, even, I'm looking at his game log right now, right? Mm-hmm. The final five game, five regular season games of the season. I'm not talking about the bowl game against Western Kentucky. The final five regular season games of the season, he completed more than 55% of his passes, or sorry, 60% of his passes once. And that was a blowout against Troy. The rest of the time, like even when they beat Georgia Southern, he completed 50% of his passes. Mm -hmm. I mean, when when they played South Alabama, it was a blowout. He completed 53% of his passes, two touchdowns, two picks. He just, even Arkansas State, another blowout, 163 yards, 57% of his passes, one touchdown, one pick. It's just like 
I don't know what the issue was, but I I just don't feel like they're going to have the same level of receivers going to this year to, if you want to say bail them out or if you want to say help them out, either way. They lost Corey Sutton, Thomas Hennigan, Malik Williams. They have to replace all three of those. Uh, they have a new offensive coordinator. Never know how that's going to work out. But I like Nate Noel. I, I think he's very good. They've always had a good defense in the last, you know, since they've become one of the upper echelon East teams. But I just don't know what to expect from Chase Bryce when the the chips are down. Sure, I, that's my that's my one biggest issue with them. That is a valid concern, right? No one's going to tell you that Chase Bryce wasn't at times inconsistent, but he also averaged 230 passing yards per game. He was the Sunbelt's newcomer of the year, right? And mm-hmm. it feels for every every negative, you know, he can counterbalance it with a positive. Uh, I'm by no, I'm not as doom doom and gloom on Chase Bryce as you are. Um, I think Nate Noel and Cameron Peoples uh, in the backfield are maybe the bat are the single best backfield in the conference, maybe. Mm-hmm. And this is a could be a stretch, maybe top five in the country between Noel and Peoples. I think both of those two uh, guys are incredibly talented when they have the ball in their hands, and uh, neither are shabby in the past game. Um, but as you mentioned, yeah, losing all those receivers um, for reference, their uh, returning re- leading returning receiver is Christian Wells. He caught mm-hmm. twelve balls last year. Um, that's worrisome, <laughs> yeah. especially with. A new offensive coordinator, so you're so you're adding in no real top receiver as well as a new scheme that does worry you for Chase Bryce. But all of the offensive line, save for one, Bear Hunter being the only uh, guy leaving that offensive line. The defense, it's next guy up. You know they lost a guy, but they've filled every hole thus far. I just, I'm not going to ride that whole season exclusively on Chase Bryce. And for you to feel his inconsistencies um, being the make or break for that team, that just feels a little, a little extreme for me. Well, I mean, you know, you mentioned it. Part of it is losing the receiving weapons too. Mm -hmm. Um, Because if you, you know, Hennigan was always a safety valve for him. I felt like Thomas Hennigan was always open. And Sutton would always go up and it felt like, Moss some guy for a long game, that's gone. You have to find, I guess, someone else to do to fill that void, or maybe you don't. You know, I, the other thing you mentioned this about Bryce. You said for every good stat or for every bad stat, there was a good stat to counter it. My counter to what you just said is, it seems like what it was for me looking at his stats. He was fairly consistently good to great in the first eight games of the season. And then starting the week they played Arkansas State from there on, he just wasn't that good. Mm -hmm. You know, in that stretch, I'm looking at it. He never topped 250 yards passing. I know they want to run the ball before everybody gets gets to tweeting at me. I know they want to run the ball with Peoples and Noel. However, in in that stretch, never threw for more than 250 yards, never threw more touchdowns or – Georgia Southern and Louisiana, he threw more touchdowns than interceptions. But again, he had a one game against Troy in that stretch where he threw he he completed more than sixty percent of his passes. 
Yeah. And I just feel like that at the college level is not top end numbers. That's not top end talent. That's not what top end players do. So he, I, I, again, I, and I say all that to say, I do think he is one of the better quarterbacks in the conference. I just have questions about him when they absolutely need to pull out a victory. And November 3rd, when, on a Thursday night when they go play at Coastal, I'd just rather not put all my chips in the Chase Bryce basket. You I'd know. like to ask you, though, you mentioned, is he going to show up when they need him to? Looking up and down their schedule, tell me the games that they're going to need him to show up. Obviously, Coastal, right? Obviously, mm-hmm. though, there's out-of-conference games. But I feel like yep. the roster around him, it's not a position where you need somebody to be your you know, star. Not that they're franchise quarterbacks in college, but you don't need that you know, two minute Tom kind of deal. Uh, just looking up yeah. and down that roster with outside of coastal and outside of those, uh, out of, you know, pretty difficult out of conference games against, uh, Texas A&M and North Carolina. I don't think they're going to be in a situation where they need him to make that play where they need him to be elite. Well, here's the three games that I have kind of penciled in, in the conference that I think he will need to step up. Sure. Okay. Georgia State, yep. they play at home, but they're, they're going to need him to be better than, you know, 150 yards passing, one touchdown, one interception, completes 50% of his passes, right? Yes. And, I mean, he was doing that in their blowout wins last year. It, it wasn't as if, like, he was in a close game with a good team and just didn't play that well. I mean, he was doing that against – South Alabama in a 24 point win. So Georgia state, number one coastal, you mentioned number two at Marshall is the third game. Sure. I think he's, I think he's going to have to be sharp. I just, unless Marshall's run defense is truly, truly horrible that Nick this year, I just don't, I, I don't know. I think I saw he's going to have games. to show up. I saw those games and they worried me, but you know what? App State played both Marshall and Georgia State last year. He passed for 280 yards against Marshall, one touchdown, one interception. He passed for 320 yards against Georgia State, three touchdowns, no interceptions. I get those are tough games, but he's shown that against those, ah, they might be as good as us teams, he can do it. Well, on the bright side, they don't play Louisiana because Louisiana is his personal boogeyman. Mm-hmm. Um, or was last year at least. So that's that's the reasoning uh, that I have them at number two. Number one, I have Coastal. Obviously, process of elimination. I think they have the best quarterback in the conference. Um, in Grayson McCall, I don't think I'm out of line saying that. Um, I, I think they probably have a top two head coach, if not the best, in the conference. Um, they get Georgia State transfer Sam Pinckney. Do you have any issues with them? I mean, other than App, do you have any issues with Coastal being one? I I want to take a really hot take. You know, a part of me there is a part of me that says Coastal is not all that, right? But when sure. you prompt me then to point out something specific, right? What about Coastal scares you? 
there's nothing, right? Yeah. You mentioned Chadwell. You mentioned McCall, right? They've got plenty of weapons. They've got a very, very solid defense. You know, one of the best, if not the best in the East. Um, so as much as I, you know, I want to take a hot take here, right? Yep. I have nothing other than a gut feeling that says Coastal is going to be bad, right? I, I, my take is that Coastal is going to be two. But if you ask me to substantiate that, I really have nothing other than a gut feeling. Okay. They're a very, very good team on paper. They're a very, very good team over the past two years. Um, but I don't know. Something about it just I, – I can't say that they're better than App. I And, and one of the reasons I, – I know they lost to App last year. I get it. Mm-hmm. I know. You know, before people tweet at me, I understand. However – McCall as a whole is statistically so much better than Chase Bryce, except for the fact that Bryce played three more games than him. Uh, think about this, okay? Chase Bryce played three more games than Grayson McCall. Zeke, yep. do, do you do you understand what I just said before I kind of talk about this? McCall played three less nope. games than Bryce, yep. yeah. Yes, McCall threw just as many touchdowns as Chase Bryce did in three fewer games and threw eight fewer picks. Okay. The eight fewer stands out. And finished 500 yards passing behind him. Okay. Grayson McCall had 500 fewer yards passing last year than Chase Bryce and didn't play three games. No. I mean, you're right. He's head head and shoulders from a uh, talent ability perspective i had to chase bryce mccall is yeah yeah so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna wave away some of the concerns Uh, i'm gonna go through those right now yeah you lose javon haley at receiver you lose tight end isaiah likely i i get all that isaiah likely is probably the guy who's not going to be able to be replaced because he was so good Mm -hmm. last year um and I, I do still think they're going to be good on offense because, again, good offensive coach in Chadwell, good quarterback in McCall. However, I have a little bit of concern on the defensive side of the ball as far as um, just guys leaving. And, you know, they only have two uh, returning. Yeah. Um, so I, that that's a concern for me. Yeah. Um, I, I know they have – is it Josiah Stewart? He had 15 and a half tackles for a loss last year. Um, so he's going to be back. He's, he's good. They have to Jordan strong at corner. I, I have, I have concerns for my pick because of the other areas besides those guys. So yeah. that would be the one reason I think that they may not be able to accomplish what I have kind of set out for them. No. So, I- I agree with you. I, I wish I could give more, you know, a more compelling argument than it just doesn't feel right. But, um, you know, when I'm p- looking at this schedule, if I'm going to go week by week, just something about Coastal scares me. I'm not sure what. And I apologize to our listeners because I know that is by no means a good argument. But they're going to be a very, very good team. But uh, for me, there's just something about them that I, I don't think they'll be able to top app. 
Yeah, I mean, okay, so I'm looking at their schedule now. We can kind of get into that. Sure. Um, they start at Army, or they start against Army at home. Army gives teams issues. Mm-hmm. I, I don't the triple option, the true triple option. You know, wing or not wing T, but like flex bone stuff, just gives teams issues. It just does. Like it, you're not able to adequately prepare for that because you just don't see it that often. So. Mm-hmm. They could have an issue with them. Um, elsewhere, before we kind of talk about conference games, they play Buffalo at home. Um, I don't know what to expect out of Buffalo this year because, again, Kyle Van Treese is playing in Statesboro, so I don't know what their quarterback situation looks like. And then, um, let's see, Virginia looks like the one game that I don't know what to expect out of Virginia. They, they Bronco Mendenhall leaves... I can't even remember off the top of my head who replaced him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, I, I don't know. Virginia looks like the one when, if I scrolled through the schedule, that I'm automatically just going, nah, probably not. Sure. Um, the rest of these, you know, Army, if they, if if McCall and them can throw the ball against Army, Army can run the ball as much as they want. If they're down 10 points, it won't matter. You know, if you get, right. if you're in an option offense, you're down two scores, you're behind the eight ball. Um, and then Buffalo, like I said, I don't know what to expect. Uh, they play Georgia State, Georgia Southern, ULM, uh, Old Dominion, Marshall. Like I said, Marshall at at Marshall, October 29th, is the one game that I'm kind of looking at going, mm, maybe. Sure. You might want to look out. Um, because, you know, they get app at home on a Thursday. Uh, and that's their blackout game if they didn't have enough reason to get up for an app state team coming in. Um, but yeah, I mean, the the in conference stuff looks winnable. I think App and Marshall are like their two their two real tests because with McCall under center, I just don't see Georgia State pulling an upset again. Yeah, I just can't see it. Um, and. I know I said this with Bryce, but if I have to choose between two teams as to who's going to finish higher, I always just default to the team that has a better quarterback. And again, statistically, McCall is just, he's more consistent. His statistics are, I mean, let's put this in perspective. McCall completed 73% of his passes last year, total in 11 games. Bryce completed 62.1. Again, Bryce turned the ball over more. They threw the same amount of touchdowns. McCall didn't finish that far behind yardage wise. So that's kind of my reasoning. Um, And then, like I said, I just think McCall is a better quarterback. So I I kind of just give the benefit of the doubt to the team with the better quarterback. So that's kind of where I leave my Sunbelt standings. Um, I just want to recap starting from the bottom. I have Old Dominion in last place, Georgia Southern at six. James Madison at five, Georgia State four, Marshall three, App two, Coastal one. Any last kind of wrap up thoughts on Coastal or you know the Sun Belt East in general? Do you, anything like that, Zeke? Um, I mean, yeah, we talked about it last week. The East is where the action's going to happen, right? Um, we'll talk mm-hmm. about the uh, the better and the worst teams out in the West next week. Um, but I think this is going to kind of be the real marquee Sunbelt action is all going to happen out in the East. Um, 
So I I think you know you you and I both cover East East Division teams both in Georgia no less. Um, so I think we've got an exciting slate, and but with the new incoming teams, three new teams, uh, two from C- CUSA, the other from uh, FCS. There's a lot of mystery, a lot of ambiguity with uh, with how this actually plays out, as opposed to just our our postulation. So it's it's going to be a of- fun season to see how it unfolds outside of just being Sunbelt football. I think we have a lot of interesting matchups this year. I think mm-hmm. the four teams coming in, I, I don't want to say present problems for the teams that are still in the Sun Belt. I just think it, it kind of shook it up in a, in a major way. Um, and I'm interested to see how these holdovers from the previous you know, year's Sun Belt kind of respond to these new teams coming in. And yep. I, I mean, I'm also interested to see from a, from a football stylistic perspective how the how a team like old dominion or you know whatever matches up with a team that they haven't probably played you know or james madison how does that transition work out so Mm. i think the east is like you said way more exciting from like a number of different angles than the west is um but yeah that's where i i kind of see it um i'm sure I'm I'm very sure someone people out there disagree. You know, I'm yep. sure App State fans are going to be upset <laughs> because they always are. With but you, not with me. I I just think they're upset in general. Sure. Like they just get upset a lot. Um, <laughs> I think they've they've come to expect a high level of football, and anytime anybody from the media asset side of things their own quarterback i saw him getting cussed out on twitter in games last year like anybody can get the full force of the app state fan base so like I, again i'm sure they're upset because someone's all someone some app state fans always upset you know so mm-hmm. that's kind of where i'm gonna leave it um next week we will get into the western teams Zeke, let everybody know where they can find you on social media. I'm on Twitter at Zeke Palermo, Z-E-K-E-P-A-L-E-R-M-O. Uh, that's where, you know, we post about the pod. We'll post about, uh, I cover uh, Georgia State primarily for Underdog Dynasty. So that's where uh, my stories go up. Uh, but that's where the folks out there can find me on Twitter. Perfect. Uh, I am on Twitter at Watch the Stone. Um Again, I'm sure somebody's going to be upset with this episode, <laughs> whether it be Old Dominion fans or James Madison fans saying they're too low, or again, App State fans saying they're not going to win all 15 games and then the president's going to crown them the best football team that's ever lived. Um, but yeah, uh, so catch us next week. Like I said, we're getting into the West teams. This has been another edition of the Underdog Dynasty Sunbelt Podcast. <laughs>